let's take it from the mission at the bottom of the page. Natal Even Okora Shel Hegdish. Somebody took a stone or beam of Hegdish. Um, so let's keep it as vague as we can. Um, and we're learning Lilinishmas Zev David Ben Shlomo. So, Natal Even Okora, he took a stone. We'll see who's the he. Took a, the man took a stone or a beam that belongs to Egdish, just taking it alone is not me'ila. But if he gives it to a friend, then by giving it to his friend, that is mo'al be'egdish. But the friend was not mo'al be'egdish because he was. In other words, once he gave it, he was basically removed it from Egdish property, and he was mo'al be'egdish. The same fellow built it into his house, used the stone in, uh, as part of his home, or the beam. That's not Until you dwelt, under, he dwelled underneath that stone or beam and benefited to the level of a pruta. If somebody took a coin from Hegdish, that's not Mila. Nasal Khaver gave it to his friend, by him giving it, that is when he will be Moel, but not the friend. Nasnalabalan, if he gave it to the bath attendant, okay? So the the example is the you know, he's paying to use the mikvah, for instance, because it's Ervium Kippur, like tomorrow. even though he didn't actually Use the mikvah, okay? Ma'al, he was already mo'el. Why? Shomerlo, for the bath attendant, tells him, Harea merchatz pesuach lefanecha. Behold, the bathhouse is available. He kanets urchotz, enter and bathe. It's not on my, in other words, you're paying for access, and the pleasure that you're getting is the ability to access the bath. It's not the actual pleasure of the bath, um, which is, that's the idea. Um, his eating as well as his friend's eating or his benefit as well as his friend's benefit his eating and friend's benefit or his benefit and the friend's eating they all combine they do not need to happen in close proximity even if it's over an extended period of time now, the first question in the Gemara is addressing who is this he and why is he different than the guy who's giving it to? In other words, once he gives it to the other guy, then he's going to be chayv, but when he takes for himself not, why not? So, we're talking about the treasurer of the temple. So, when he's taking it in his hands, that's actually remaining still in Hegdish property. It's only leaving Hegdish property when he hands it to the next fella. Okay, and that's when he was Mo'el Hegdish by handing it to the other person. Now, Bina B'Soch Beso, Eino Chayev. He's not going to be unless he dwells underneath it to the level of a Shavapruta. Now, Alamali, why would it have to be until he dwells underneath it? Kibin Dishanye, Ma'al, wouldn't the fact that he built it into his home be sufficient to qualifies him ill. After all, he made it fit into his house. He obviously is changing it 
and that alone would be sufficient for the Mi'ilah. So Amrav could... And with that, part B. <laughs> okay. Moving right along. Okay, moving right along. And um, so he built, he built it into his house. He's not going to be Chayef. So Rav explains, He placed it on top of his uh, uh, skylight, basically. Um, which basically is now protecting the home, but the point being is there is really no change. It's just sitting there on top. They came in the bunny lay mall. Why isn't the building when he does build it? It is a meila. Why? Now that sounds like That would be a support to Rav. Damarav asro. That uh, when one bows down to his house, he actually makes that house prohibited. The point being is that we've seen elsewhere that somebody's saying urgent. I can't believe it. Okay, whatever. They'll deal with it. Okay. Um, um, uh, um, somebody who bows down to a house uh, basically would prohibit the house according to Rav. Now what that's talking about is this. As we are familiar from Avodah Zara, when a person um, when a person worships things that are you know, part of the ground, that's not actually rendering them prohibited. Right. Only time when one actually does make things prohibited is if they effected a change. Now according to Rav, a house on that's built onto the ground is considered like detached from the ground and therefore it should be therefore you are making that house prohibited by, by worshipping the house in a similar vein he would say that this stone that you attach to your house affixed to your rooftop even if you didn't really make any change in the stone or in the beam but by affixing it it should be really attached to the ground and we have a rule of which works the same that there's no Mi'ila in that circumstance. So therefore, we're back to a very important question. What is going on over here? Okay. Um, um, so that's the question. Um, so, um, uh, so, um, uh, so are we taking Rab's side in that discussion? That's really the question. So, no. Which basically the answer is, is that any pleasure that is recognizable as such, even if it is built into the house and it's now attached to the ground, and never, even though we know that there's no mi'ila in land, but if it's nearest le'inayim, that it's clearly evident that he is now benefiting from this um, stone or beam that's actually protecting him. So that is going to be considered mi'ila. That's the idea. And uh, that's the answer to the question. We have perhaps a support to this. Somebody who dwells in a house of Hegdish. By benefiting from that house, that would qualify as a mi'ila. And on Rish that's not exactly a... Uh, uh, so Rish Lakish explains, that's because you made it Hegdish before you built it. That's why you are going to be Moab Hegdish. It doesn't really prove this point. Um, so, uh, 
But if you built it first, and then you were makdish it after it's built, so then it won't be my lomal, it won't be meila. My area rahit vitani hadar bibayishon maara lomal. Why did we contrast this case of house to a case of a cave that person who lives in a cave? The cave obviously was no act of man in, involved in its in its uh, creation. Um, so that's not a meila. So is that the case? Um, so so. That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, Lema, let us say. So that's the question. If we, obviously, if we're contrasting it to the cave case, that means that there's no scenario of a built house that you will be mol behegdish. Um, not, um, or that, or meaning that every house you will be, will be mi'ila, regardless of whether you were makdashit first or built it, for, uh, built it and then was makdashit. That's the implication. So Gemara says, Lema, I'll tell you, let us say, Hadar Avanim Lomal. That's the question. So the Gemara says, Amri Hapsikale, Halopsikale. Not necessarily proof. It could be that it's true that we do make this distinction between when you built it first or you were Makdish at first, and that's the difference. The only reason why we said it, this talked about a cave, is because caves are always going to be never, they're never going to be a Mi'ila in a cave case. And in the house case, sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. So that's why we didn't want to, um, and, that's the, and that's the answer. It doesn't really um, prove either way. And that's the story. Hajar um, al-Lachanana, end of uh, that chap- chapter 5. Brings us to the next law. Okay, New Mishnah, new Perak. And we're talking over here about uh, one of the very, uh, the, it's really an anomaly in Jewish law that although normally the normative Jewish law is that we say a rule is, the general principle is that when a person is a messenger for somebody else, it does not um, constitute a messenger, he's doing his own thing, and it's not considered uh, representative of the one who sent him. Nevertheless, when it comes to Mi'ila, it is uh, accrued to the one who sent him to do it. And that's the topic. So, when the messenger does exactly as he's been sent to do, that creates on the person who sent him the obligation. Okay? If he did not do his job, he didn't do what he was told to do, then... And only then the shliach is the one who is molbehegdish. Ketzad, what's an example of this? Amar lotein basar laorchim. The, the uh, owner of the household said, "Gil gives meat to the guests, to the guests." So, what do you do? Vinasan lahem kaved. Instead of giving the beef, which happened to be hegdish property, he gave liver, which was hegdish property. Now, liver is not exactly the same thing. Or kaved, he said, "Give them liver." Instead, they get, he gave the meat. Okay, so hashliach mal. That's called not listening to the balbais, and therefore he is the one who is mal behegdish. Now, another example is a little bit cute, actually. The owner of the household said, "Give each of our guests a slice of of brisket." For instance, that was hegdish, mind you. He didn't realize. Nobody realized it was hegdish. Um, uh, give each of them a slice. Omer and he told the guests, take two. Okay. 
and Vehim Natlu Shalosh, and they took three. So Kulamalu, they are all Mol Behegdish, the Balbais for the one, the Shliach for the second that he added, and them for taking a third. Okay, so we'll see how that works. Says the Gemara, Man Tana, who is the Tana? Anything that a shliach would feel obliged to question, um, the, what would the person, what would the person who sent him want? That's called tarti mili havyan. That's called two different things. That is Amrav Chizda, the local Rabbi Kiva. That is not Rabbi Kiva's opinion. It's the opposing opinion of Rabbi Kiva. Okay. Um, so in other words, the fact that we're saying here that liver is not beef, because it's something that the person should have asked, um, I see liver in the fridge, should I give them that? He should have asked that, because it's not quite the same thing. It's something that would have been, that if, in other words, if I ask you to go to the store, you're going to Randall's, can you pick up some meat? And uh, you go to Randall's, and all you see there is liver. You wouldn't just buy the liver and give it to me, if you're normal, okay? You, what you do is you call and, or text me and let me know and say, hey, listen, they're out of beef. Would you like some liver? So that means, according to the Chachamim, that's two different things. And therefore, that's called not listening to me if I told you give them beef and you gave them liver. Or I told you give them liver and they gave you beef because it's something that you would have asked. Okay? Beef. Where's the beef? Exactly, right. Now, Ditanan, Hanoder Minayerek, Mutter, an example of the Mishnah in Nidorm is this. Somebody takes a vow from vegetables. Motor bidiluin. You are actually allowed to eat gourds, pumpkin. See, also seasonal. Okay. Uh, Rabbi Kiva also. Rabbi Kiva says, no, you cannot eat the uh, gourds because you made a vow against vegetables, and that would include diluin. Okay. Uh, which is go- all gourds. So, um, and the idea being, it's exactly something that a guy would ask. If I tell you, can you pick up some vegetables? I'm making a soup, and you don't see any vegetables in the vegetable store, but you, at the vendor, but there's a few uh, butternut squash. You know, so you would call and say, hey, I don't see what you're looking for, but there is butternut squash. Would you like that? And, and then I would say either yes or no. According to um, Rabbi Akiva, the, that's proof that it is a vegetable because you would never ask well there's no vegetables would you like some beans because that's off the charts if it's something that he would ask maybe you want this that means it's part of the same family or close enough Okay, so that's Rabbi Kiva's position and we're going, our mission is not like Rabbi Akiva comes along Abaya Abaya Omar, no I feel a tim Rabbi Kiva it does fit with Rabbi Kiva Milo boilim luchi it's something that he should have asked. And therefore, when we're questioning, are you a messenger or not a messenger, if it's something that you should have verified, then you're definitely not a messenger. Even Rabbi Kiva, who says that liver is considered part of the beef family, that's still not called doing your messengership because you should have checked. Would you like me to give them that or not? Even though it's still part of the family, but you should have asked. And therefore, you definitely did not do as you were sent to do. So when the rabbi said over what Abai said in front of Rava, Nachmeni was the nickname that Rava had for Abai, and he said, he said, good. Okay. Now, who is the opposing opinion of Rabbi Kiva? 
Um, Reb Shimon ben Gamliel here is none other than Reb Shimon Gamliel. The Tanya, as the Brisa says, somebody makes a vow from eating beef. So I'm not going to eat any beef, any meat. That's really the word, meat. He is not allowed to eat any meat. He's not allowed to eat sweetbread, head, the, the brains, the foot, the hoofs, the kane, the liver, the lungs, covered in the liver, overlave in the heart, no part, even uh, organ, meat, none of that. Okay? And he also can't have fowl, so uh, that's also excluded. So no chicken, no turkey either. But fish, that's not included in basar. Okay? The chagavim and grasshoppers eat as eat to your heart's content. Okay? He says all of the things are perfectly permissible. Because when you say beef, you mean just beef. You don't mean any of the ancillary parts at all. Okay? That's what Reb Shim Gamliel is saying. Beef means strict. Definition. Innards is not beef. Okay? And those who eat them is not human. Not meaning that they're not human, but Rashi sort of qualifies it because. He was rich, wasn't he? He was a Nasi. That is probably true. That is a factor for sure. He was uh, someone who understood the nuances of food. And he's like, you can't put them in the same category. And that's what Rashi explains, actually, that what he's saying here is, is that if, you're, if, you're, uh, uh, if you went to get meat and you got the, instead, for the same price, um, innards, you, you've, been, you've been had, man. That's not food, okay? In the same way, anyway. Okay. Well, the Tanakama, the question in the Tanakama is that why do we include fowl? And exclude fish. What's the reason why Basar Ophos is included? Mishum de Ragal Inish, Damar, Lo Ashki, Bisra de Chiusa. I didn't see any beef. Vasai Bisra de Tsifra, so I'll have some fowl and chicken instead. Yachiv, that's true. Hachinami, Avit Inish, Lamimra, Lo Ashki, Bisra de Chiusa. I couldn't find any beef. So Vasai Dugam, and I'll get fish instead. I'll get my protein somewhere else, okay? That's what. Grasshoppers. So, what? Oh, grasshoppers, right. But anyway, the point is, is that fish is. The same as the birds in that regard. Some are papas, or papa explained, talking about a day of bloodletting. So the man was just involved in his bloodletting and he's trying to replenish his iron count. A person won't eat fish on a bloodletting day. It's not the same thing, it's not going to help him. If that's true, Tsipra uh, nami, so don't eat fowl either, because that's also not good on a bloodletting day, um, right? Nami nechol, you should be allowed to eat it. Why? Because Shmuel says the mesukar, somebody who does bloodletting, va'achal tsipra, and he eats a bird, his heart will flutter like birds' wings flutter, meaning it's not good for you. Okay, the ode. Tanya, and also the bride says, You don't do bloodletting if they're a meal of fish or fowl. Nor salted meat, okay, or right, hot dogs, whatever. We're talking about where he had an eye ache. And that's when you know, it's not appropriate to have 
fish, but of course, uh, birds would be okay for an ayik. Rashi points out over here that actually, um, when in the beginning, when you're when the eye, you feel an eye coming, then actually it's healthy to have some fish at that time. And it brings a support from the Gemara because it says, Nun Samach Ayin. And Nun is Aramaic for fish. Samach Ayin helps the eye. So it's actually, uh, that's the literal translation. So fish helps the eye. It's good for your eyes in the beginning of a disease. But once you're in the throes of the disease, then fish is out and not good to eat, and that's why he just, my version of this situation is, is that he just came off an ayik, and he just had it up to here with all the meat that he needed to eat to help repair his his uh, eye ache, and therefore but he didn't mean fish, because fish was what not what he, what he was eating, because that's not what you take for an eye ache. Okay, at least when you're in the in the ache already. Sure. Okay, and that is the story. Let's get to the next section. Amr lo, he said to him, Tain lo chaticha. Give him a slice. So this is interesting. He said, give him a slice. The guy said, take two. And the other guy, and they took three. They're all mo bagdish. The question is, but why? I'm considered following your messengership, even though I added on to it. And normally, I mean, then that's, a, that's a question. At least it's a question that if I add on to what you told me to do, then maybe I didn't listen to you at all, is the other way to look at it. So that's the question. So I'm Rav Sheshes. Take one slice, because that's what the owner said. Right? And I'm telling you, take another one. So he first did what, the, what, what he was sent to do, which is said, take one. He said, take one. Please take one for his account. On my account, I'm saying take another one. That's a new statement. And in the new statement, he is being Moabagdish. And Mahu uh, Temi might have thought, that basically uproots his messengership, the uh, balabais of the original owner, and therefore the original owner maybe is not Moab, that since he already said it as a, single, as a, as a first step, so therefore he was already Moab for the, for the original owner, and therefore um, he's... That, that stands and it doesn't fall off. Uh, Kamash Mulan. That's the bottom line. And we'll stop with that.